there we are, back on Soundbricks Radio. What a surprise, no, listeners? Every time that you press that button, yes, I am here again, your Orpheus. Even if now, perhaps, you were thinking that, as it is in between the holidays, there was to be nothing to talk about. But of course, that is not the case. There will be, perhaps, always something to talk about. And so before I start, let me, before I continue from what I have already started, let me just remind you that you can like the page that is Memberament of Orpheus on Facebook and you can get in touch with me because even when there is no voice talking during the podcast, you can always find me, you can always find my skin there to be marked on Facebook and to leave something to say, I will go back at it, and if by any chance you are listening to me now, live, just just put like it, and I will like it back later, and I will continue to be liking it. So, we are now approaching the next hour, and the time that we have to share, and there is the fear maybe to wonder, where can we go? Because as you might be familiar with this program, with what I keep talking about, there is never the certainty of where I will be going. At times I have an idea, at times I don't, at times I lose it, at times I find it. Which one this is going to be? So my idea with which I started before approaching this episode was uh, what makes a man a man? And of course, even before, even during the time that I was collecting the music, the idea changed. So let's follow the tracks of that a little bit. And we start with the song by Who, the tattoo, that they actually have the same question. About what makes a man a man Was it brain or brawn Or the month you were born We just couldn't understand Our old man didn't like our appearance He said that only women wear long hair So me and my brother To do. We went downstairs past the barber and gymnasium and got our arms tattooed. Welcome to my life tattoo. I'm a man now, thanks to you. I expect I'll regret you, but the skin rot man won't get you. My brother, cause his tattoo was of a lady in the nude, and my mother thought that was extremely rude. Welcome to my life, tattoo. We've a long time together, me and you. I expect I'll regret you, but the skin rock man won't get you. Welcome to my live tattoo. This was my no, there was my attempt to sing it, but luckily enough, it was not recorded. So what happened here with the song by Who tattoo? That uh, 
A letter too makes a man in a certain way. The singer decides. The singer has something for which, uh, uh, for which it, that will stay beyond all his attempt to do whatever. It doesn't matter what he will be doing. He has something that proves that he is a man. And isn't isn't that somehow what we what we might be going for now? I want to specify, when I talk what makes a man a man, I'm also referring in my Orphean semantic, what makes a woman a woman, what makes the type of person that we want to, to be, to become and to remain. And that is the key question, because we are never satisfied with what we have happened to be. We always want to, to remain that one. And in order to remain that one, we have to go forward. We have to move to somehow hope that we will remain that one, that we will become that one that we have been, because we will remain that one. So it's always a becoming. In my post-structurally and post-Orphean, uh, post-memberament uh, philosophy, there is always that desire to hold on onto something, to clutch onto something that might prove that we are that person, that we have been successful. Of course, my story, my music, even when I lost her, has been always to Euridice, because my being a man has always been about singing for Euridice. Why was it so? Because thanks to Euridice, I could be a man. I desire to be a man because I desire to be that man that could stay by her side. So is it that somehow in relationships there is always that desire for two people to stay together because thanks to that staying together they can prove to each other that they both are that person that they want to be. Well, the white lies have something to say about
maybe maybe that is all that it takes to be able to sing the song be your man to to look at a woman a partner it could be another man in the eye in the eyes and say i be your man it doesn't matter what sort of man we are proposing, but the idea to say, look, I will be your man, it doesn't matter what happens. The problem becomes when in our Orphean knowledge, in our Orphean dialectic, we are aware that in saying I'll be your man, we are posing ourselves in a position that is not easy to keep the sentence, the circumstances that will lead us to say I will be your man are not the circumstances that will demand from us to prove it. And that is the difficult, the tricky question, the tricky part that unfortunately, if you are desiring to get an easy answer from listening to me, this is not the thing that you will get. Uh, as uh, you might be familiar by now, especially after having listened to the podcast of Surface and Depth, that if you have not done, I really recommend you to stop this one and go back at it, you will discover that there is a dichotomy, that there is a thing that is the surface, there is the easy part, and there is the depth. The depth is a thing that you somehow want to explore, and you are also afraid of being lost into it. And of course, here at the dismemberment of our fields, we are all for the depths. We cannot stay, perhaps, to the surface for too long. We just want to have depths that we can explore on other surfaces. But as soon as we see them as surfaces, we just want to go back at other depths. And so it is with the sentence, I be your man, I will be your man, but I don't know what type of man I will be in order to keep that sentence true. But, and that's the interesting part, I will keep up with the thing that I have just said, because I say that and I will see how it changes throughout the time. I won't forget it, somehow, perhaps. Anyway, things will happen, and that is precisely the thing, because I have written what will be the answer that I might remember, I might try to do my best to concentrate and reach as a pitch point at the end of the episode to reveal what is for me to be a man. I, re I wrote it down because I have to remember not what is my idea but to keep it in mind so that I can say it. But as we stay, let's open the idea to be your man because Nick Cave has another way to say the same thing but at the same time to open it to another level. And perhaps, yeah, Nick, why don't you continue from here? Summon them together 
ask them to watch over you. Well, to each burn a candle for you to make bright and clear your path, and to walk like Christ in grace and love and guide you into my arms, into my arms, oh Lord, into my arms. Into my arms, oh Lord, into my arms. But I believe in love, and I know that you. I believe in some kind of path. Though we can walk down me and you. So keep your candles burning, make a journey bright and pure. That you'll keep returning always and evermore. Into my arms, oh Lord. Into my arms, oh Lord. Into my arms, oh Lord. Into my arms. Nick Cave is not making things easy for me. I have to come back after this song. I am deliberately going slow more than usual. I am always quite slow at talking, but this time I feel like it's um, inappropriate to go faster. So, Into My Arms, that's the idea of Nick Cave. And uh, if, rem if this song reminded you Alleluia by Leonard Cohen of Jeff Buckley, you are not too far. I actually have the idea that the bass, the piano, the, the background noise is the same. But this, this doesn't remove any power from this song. The idea of getting into Nick Cave's arm or whoever, who's, whoever is singing this song. This is um, an essential message. And there is also the line, I, I believe in love. I know you believe in love too. Isn't uh, isn't it somehow straightforward and at the same time, again, if we think about it, somehow doubtful? Can we believe in love? It's time now for me to introduce you to the real team, to the real protagonist of this episode. So, let's build an altar for beautiful necessity and let's bring the goddess of necessity here. So yes, this is Ananke that I am manifesting. Ananke is the Greek goddess, goddess of necessity. She is the mother of the Morai. The Morai are the three girls that, uh, in, that woven the fate of men. They somehow know uh, when every man is going to die, what is going to happen. So Ananke, as a goddess of necessity, is the goddess of whatever is going to happen. I find it really intriguing to consider that uh, at the bottom of my question, at the depth of my question, when I ask the what is that makes a man a man, there is the answer of this goddess, the presence, the manifestation of necessity, because necessity will always be. Will always be what has happened, what has taken place beyond what was our intention. It's not to say that our intentions are to be neglected, that are irrelevant, and yet Ananke will be the goddess that will take over from them. It is a participation, and that is something that we will go back at, because it's not to say that we are not taking part in anything, but we play with Ananke. Ananke will be the one that, after we have done, will manifest the things that were in our things, in our expression, in our gestures, but precisely because Ananke will manifest in a different form from then, we will do something else. We will feel like it's time for us to do something else. So, 
another reminder for you, another break perhaps, to go back to a previous episode, because there are some episodes that I will go back at. And so there is the one, Chirology, the time of the hero. And the time of the hero is the time of Ananke, the time of taking over from Ananke, after having manifested the thing, every, after having been manifested in the things around us, then there is the hero that springs forth. And so they do the throw. Sail was set in search of land, his life out solely by him, and was guided by the tide. Heroine of easy white, she beckoned like some saviour bright. Shipwrecked sailors in the night were bid welcome to her side. But surely cease the irresistible white fleece led hero in search of the peace which she alone could offer. Thus he knelt before her feet, wary lest their eyes should meet. He knew his life was incomplete, for he had yet to suffer. Hero and heroine, so now we have our democracy somehow through the strobes that they have sung the voices of all the hero and heroine that rose up against after the manifestation of Ananke. So Ananke, we are back at you, Ananke, the goddess of necessity. In philosophy, Ananke was somehow considered, even after the Greeks, Last time, in the episode of Surface and Depth, we got into reading Nietzsche, and Nietzsche was one that took the idea of necessity from Emerson, Waldo Emerson, that wrote the sentence that I quoted before, let's build an altar for beautiful necessity. Uh, Nietzsche, with the idea of surface, was somehow to, was somehow inviting us to stay on the idea of the manifestation of necessity because things will happen if I throw if I throw a stone into a river into a lake there will be ripples the ripples will will reach the seashore will reach the edges not seashore the edges of the lake will somehow touch on the grass 
uh, will they will manifest in a different way is like if the stone or better still the gesture of me throwing the stone will manifest in a different way is like if it will stay on the surface there will be a surface of the water of the lake and the ripples the surface of the grass moving the surface of whoever is gonna be nearby and is going to be affected but uh, affected by the stone, even if the stone is just at the bottom of the lake, is not there anymore. But there's the idea of surface, there's the idea of necessity. Somehow, if we think about what has happened, let's go back at the time in which every one of you had a heredice, and now and maybe every one of you is just like me, singing for that lost one, for the heredice that uh, we tried to go back to hell and bring her up, and we... We could not resist, we had the necessity to turn back. And uh, by doing that, we realized that she was not there any longer. So that's a necessity. Ananke was the one, somehow, that brought us there. That uh, for necessity, we had to do the things that we had to do. We wanted to go back, but for necessity, we turned back. And after that is necessity that makes us sing of what we have lost. Somehow, we will always manifest against the circumstances. Necessity, in my opinion, doesn't have to be seen as destiny, because the destiny is not revealed yet, but the circumstances are those that we have to deal with. So somehow, the circumstances are what reminds us of all that we need. And so I, lead the vo I leave the voice now to the band Air for singing about it.
made by the band Air. Uh, we are, were talking, we were considering Emerson with his sentence, let's build an altar for a beautiful necessity. Emerson was writing this uh, essay in which this sentence appears after the death of his son. Uh, the death of a son might be considered like the loss of a, an eurydice. I don't want to put them to a partner and a son on the same level, but what I want to point out is that what has happened, the necessity of dealing with what has happened is somehow the same. Easier, harder, it doesn't matter. What follows from that is that there are thoughts that will lead us back, that will take us back to what, are, what have been the circumstances, those circumstances that have led to the death of a loved one. And that is the hard, the hard part. Emerson, when he says, let's be an altar for beautiful necessity, is somehow pointing us to the direction to deal with a trauma, to deal, to deal with the fact that that trauma has been inevitable. It could not be avoided. We always have, precisely after a trauma, we go back at it and we say, what if that had, what if we do the game of FIFA? Uh, I, I'm still doing it uh, somehow, but one has to consider that precisely because that has happened, this game of if is possible. There is a desire not to go back at it, but to stay in the present moment, in the necessity to deal with that. Of course it doesn't help at all, but somehow it increases imagination, perhaps, maybe. What Emerson was showing us, and that is the thing that in my opinion is really powerful, is that after the manifestation of necessity, we can switch and consider that we are not loving the person anymore, but we are loving the circumstances. To love the circumstances, to love necessity, somehow requires us to, to switch our mindset, because we always love a person. I loved Eurydice, and to think that now I don't love her anymore, but I love the circumstances that bring her back to my mind, or that I loved her because I loved the circumstances in which she was in, is a different way of thinking that perhaps requires way more thinking than the, than the one that I have been doing so far, because it's not easy. What does it change? To think that uh, all that has happened has been loving, has been wonderful by, for the simple fact that it happened. Even the thing that I lost her in, the, in hell, in my attempt to recover her, and that by not having her by my side anymore, I can love other circumstances, even the one that took us took me to be dismembered, to be all the members, all the parts that are now reaching your ear, that single voice, that dismembered voice that somehow can become all the people listening. This is, this is another circumstance, another circumstance that I love, and that somehow will also take me to consider what follows, that is another tricky part. But now, let's have a break with the band Small Faces and You Need Loving.
Okay, so the small faces have tried that, Wama, you need loving. Uh, it sounded more like Led Zeppelin, of course this is somehow a, a, a far distant cover of Led Zeppelin, well, all a love or other pieces, there was also Smash Potato where they, surely it was mentioned that somehow, I don't know precisely how it relates with the rest of the lyric. Anyway, we got to the point that I can go too much farther from the idea of having lost my Euridice and still attempting to find a way to sing her. To sing her how? To sing her, to sing of her, but to manifest her against necessity. It is to manifest her against the fact that she is dead, the fact that she has gone and I have lost her, and, I, and to accept that the necessity of whatever I have done had created the circumstances for her to manifest in the possibility to go away from me. And even if I went back, if I had already tried to bring her back, that necessity was still too strong. We could not survive against the circumstances. We could not face them. But then the thing that remains now is how am I going to sing for the following circumstances? Because that is the key. The point here is, yes, Ananke will always manifest herself in the circumstances, but at the same time there is always a point in which, after the manifestation of Ananke, I create the space through my expression for her following manifestation. We play together. Ananke is not... Uh, that everything is already written, but it is that I will always create the circumstances for something different to happen, some changes to come, to fill the space of my words. And that is an interesting example that I, I'm going to tell you now. Uh, I have, when I was with Euridice, I used it to say, I'm cold. Why did I say that? After all, to be cold, to say that, doesn't change my temperature. It doesn't make me colder, it doesn't make me warmer, but at the same time it creates the circumstances around me for Ananke to manifest in a person that holds me, a person that, like Nick Kay was trying to do, takes me into his own arms. And that is precisely the thing. There is always something for which we manifest, we express ourselves in the desire to go against necessity. Not precisely against, but to play with it, to create the possibility for something else to happen. So necessity will always be there when we are silent. After I have said I'm cold, it's not to say that every teacher will come to hold my hands, will come, she might actually slap me and say, well, you should do things on your own. I don't know, that will be the manifestation of Ananke. But remember, as Emerson say, let's build an altar for beautiful necessity. It is to say, it doesn't matter what will happen, I will have to deal with it and I will find it beautiful. So. Let's have a break. Again, too many breaks, and actually not that much connected with what I'm saying, so I don't know why Al Stewart is coming in with optical illusion, because, and that is the connection, somehow what is going to happen, the necessity of what will happen next, is an optical illusion. We don't know it yet. No, it didn't work much. In my darkest hour, 
just before the dawn There's no sound from the empty street But sleep won't seem to come to me All your words in my head Linger on and on They've come to steal my time away Till the night is gone I must be losing my shine Like an old dusty bug into wine In a cellar cool and damp Optical illusion that Al Stewart was talking about might be the optical illusion of our desire to rise above necessity. Oh, isn't it great that somehow I have found a way to put this song into what we were talking about? The point here is, and I have said that the point here is too many times, I realize it because I have always been told that I cannot. I do not have any point in what I say too many times, so I need somehow to go back at the times which I really had no point, and this time just maybe trying to convince you that I have really one, but just for me to give a point for my voice to, 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 to whirl, to tornado around, it doesn't exist, to have an hurricane of, world, of words around uh, eagle eye. Anyway, it worked somehow just because I got to the end of the sentence. So we are talking about necessity, about this thing that will happen regardless of what we do. And it is an interesting, there is an interesting consideration here, because it will happen regardless of what we do. It's not precisely to say that it will happen of its own, but let's, point, let's consider like the laws of science, the laws of nature. If I throw, if I throw a stone, the stone will fall. The necessity is there. The stone will fall. That's the thing that will happen regardless of what I do. I might try somehow to take it out, to, to, to make it fly, but I have to go against necessity, and yet there will be always something. Even if I manage to find a way for the stone to fly, there will be another necessity that it is maybe to keep it flying. 
So that's the thing that we are talking about when we consider necessity, something that will take over from what we have been doing. So yes, let's build an altar for beautiful necessity. Precisely as things happen, had happened the way they did, so they will the way they will. And I will be there for the moment in which the necessity of the circumstances will manifest itself. I will have to do something with that though. It's not that I will just contemplate without doing anything. What will be the thing for me to do there? Well, the thing that I will do there, whatever it will, whatever happen, will be for me to love those circumstances. So Ananke is not the only goddess to which that we are praying here at the dismemberment of Orpheus. The other god the other goddess that we are celebrating is Venus, is Aphrodite, the goddess of the beauty. Because yes, we are small, we cannot do anything against necessity, but whenever there is a time, every moment in which we feel the necessities manifesting themselves around them, we love them, we feel them, we hate them, it doesn't matter, our body reacts. So, let's celebrate Ananke Batasso, let's celebrate the body, maybe in the next episode though, because now we are celebrating the arcade fire with the, the sprawl.
and at the dismemberment of her fields we always find a way to put the arcade fire in. This song was called Sprawl and uh, by the album The Suburbs. It is an interesting idea that they developed throughout the album because there is a feeling also in this song if you are so small against the sprawl and the sprawl is the growth of a city, the necessity for a city to grow to to have more commercial links with the space around. And, they, and the Arcade Fire just asked themselves, if we are so small that we are just bodies, what can we do against this sprawl? Perhaps nothing. But we will feel it nevertheless. As a matter of fact, the thing that I want to leave you with, the summary of what we have been talking about, what I have been talking about, but I have been doing that through you, we does have been talking about this topic, is the idea that the necessity, to love the necessity that has brought me to lose my Eurydice, to love the thing that now I can love her after having lost her, the necessity of having lost something and the circumstances that had brought me here to love them and at the same time to love the next Eurydice that will come, to love the circumstances that at the moment I have no idea what they will be, that will bring me to know another person because regardless of what will happen, regardless of the Eurydice that maybe I will not be able to love, or the Eurydice that I will suffer because she is loving someone else, there will be my body feeling. And that is the thing that I want to leave you with. Necessity will always be around us, necessity will always be the thing, the goddess that will play with us, that will continue the things that we have left suspended, but is not to say that after necessity is manifested, our body will feel those necessity and through feelings we will express ourselves to play again to play back with necessity and so i leave you with the last song peace of mind by count five and i tell you a goodbye because the necessity of our hour is over but it's not to say that after the ending after the orphean song that will close the episode there will be still feelings for you to go on singing this time till the next play